When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30 Chad. To Joe Pavelski, who turned it over, and this will be a breakaway, shorthanded, Cassian to give Edmonton the lead, he does! Rishon scores! Zach Cassian has made it 1-0, Edmonton, 42 seconds in, a shorthanded goal for the Oilers. It's a tour of the net, Talbot didn't get all of it, but McDavid took it away, and now he'll race down the left wing, shorthanded, in over the line to the net, Rishon scores! Makes it two shorthanded goals for Edmonton tonight. The Oilers lead by a deuce. Connor McDavid has his first as an NHLer in the postseason, and this crowd is ready to tear the roof off. Well, the crowd would not feel short change tonight. Two shorties by the Edmonton Oilers. The series is tied. 1-1, a 2-0 victory. Let's go downstairs live for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's Todd McClellan. physical play and just his whole game overall tonight and what it meant to your team. Yeah, there's not a lot I have to say. If you, uh, you know, if you watch that game, you saw the impact that he had right from the, the first shift on. His feet were moving. He got to his assignments. He finished hard. Uh, created energy for our team and in the building. I know the fans probably appreciated his effort, so he was a really uh, important guy to our team tonight. Penalty kill as well. Todd, I know you guys want to play that physical brand of hockey, but six power plays tonight, I guess. is that It worked out for you guys today, but is there obviously a line that you guys don't want? Well, we want to we continue, and we will continue to play physical, but it's the two penalties after the whistle and it's the careless high stick that we've got to eliminate from our game. Um, you know, if we take care of that, uh, we'll be okay. But uh, you're not going to win killing 12 minutes a night, no matter how good your penalty kill is. Eventually they're going to strike and they'll strike often. So obviously an area we need to clean up. What's your sense in the dressing room of what Zach means to the group, just given everything that he's come through and the, the quality that's now in his game? Well, we, you know, there's more to to Cass's story than just the equipment, the skates and the gloves. Uh, he's pretty inspirational for everybody in that room, uh, considering what he's gone through in his, in his personal life. And he means a lot to that locker room. The guys help him get through, uh, through his days. And, um, you know, he's a rallying point. We, again, we're lucky to have characters like that. Um, and we're lucky enough to have a team that cares about those characters. This is a guy who was public enemy number one here in Edmonton at one point. Oh. Uh, and now they're chanting his name out here and in the stands. Uh, can you think of many guys you've seen turn it around like this, both off the ice and on the ice and in the... Um, you know, you're putting me on the spot. I'm sure there's some others that have gone on. And, you know, I, I think one guy that comes to mind, and I don't know if it's fair to compare their, their private lives because everybody lives a little bit different, but Darren McCarty, when we were in Detroit... Um, you know, he became a, a folk hero there. Um, had a tough go away, uh, uh, go with it uh, away from the rink, but uh, found a way to get, come back and play again and won another cup with us there in, in 08. So that story may match it. I don't know. Todd, your penalty kill struggled in January and February and really kind of got back on track in March and now in the, in the playoffs. What? What, have you, what did you work on? Why, why the successful turnaround on the PK? Just details. Uh, doing things a little bit better. The, the urgency in it. Uh, perhaps the 12 minutes a night. I don't know. Like, you know, we seemed to struggle when it was one or two. And now it's six. And, you know, it's not... Uh, I'm not joking about that. That's, uh, that's a concern. We've got to fix it. 
Todd, you've, I'm, I'm not sure if you've used Connor more recently on the penalty kill, but it seems like you used him a fair amount tonight. Maybe just a, your thought process on, on using him in that role, how dangerous he can be, we saw tonight. Well, we used him during the year, not so much at the beginning, uh, at the midway mark, and um, you know, during that swoon, we didn't use him as much um, for, for a number of different reasons. We had to get some other players up and running, and keeping him out of shooting lanes and that type of stuff. But now at this time of the year, you use, you just throw him out there and you use him. And uh, he could skate, he's got great instincts, uh, his stamina is second to none. Those are all pretty good qualities for a penalty killer. Uh, Clef Fom looked like he was laboring on the bench there. Do you have an update or a word on Yeah, he blocked the shot. I went and saw him. He said he's okay, so that's good. Todd, just overall, uh, your players the other night said they felt like they barely had the puck. They had it a lot more tonight. How did that happen? Well, we fixed some, we fixed some things. We have a temporary fix, and when I say temporary, it only works if you carry it forward now. And um, That goofy red box that we talked about, we were much better in that, in that area tonight. They know what it is. They know how to handle those situations much better than they did the other night. And it helped us. But there's still some items in that box that have to be addressed, and the, the penalties is one of them. Going home 1-1, I'm sorry, going to San Jose now 1-1, I guess how, how, does that kind of put the shift to pressure on them, or how are you looking at going, going on the road? Well, I don't, they're a veteran hockey club. Um, they're getting on the plane, they're going home, they're going to get ready to play in their building. They're, they've handled pressure. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. They've been through a lot. Um, they're not going to succumb to pressure. They're going to look forward to playing in their barn. So our task gets that, uh, that, that much tougher. Good night. Live comments, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They are winners tonight, 2-0 over the San Jose Sharks. Cassian shorthanded in the second period. McDavid shorthanded in the third period. The Oilers did once score three shorthanded goals in a game. That's the team record, a 10-2 win over Calgary back in April of 1983. Thanks for joining us. It's 11.39 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. The series is tied 1-1. Game five will happen for sure here in Edmonton on Thursday. It's going to be another 8.30 start, but uh, game three next, 8 o'clock Sunday in San Jose. Well, Rob, before we get to the, the team scope, which I think was the, the penalty killing and a lot of the good things we, we did, the, the Oilers did tonight, I think we got to talk about the individual scope and somebody, Todd McClellan, was asked several questions about tonight and one of the most energetic games you may ever see, Zach Cassian. Well, not often does a role player star in a game full of stars. You know, you look at the players on the Oilers team, the Dreisaitl's, the McDavid's, the Lucic's, and then you look on San Jose, you got Pavelski's and Burns and Couture's, and the star of the game, w without any doubt, was Zach Cassian. He was outstanding, and it's funny. You, you Mark Letesto got interviewed after the, the game by, by Bob and Jack, and they asked him about Cassie, and he said, well, he came to me early and said, my legs feel good. Put it in my corner, and, it, and it's true. There's, you can do everything properly the night before a game, the day of the game, and you get out on the ice for the first shift or for the warm-up. Some days your legs feel great, and some days your legs feel awful. You want to take advantage of the nights where your legs are there. And he told his sentiment, said, I'm feeling it tonight, and he certainly was. It if he hadn't scored the goal, he still was the best player on the ice tonight. He changed the complexion of the hockey game, and everyone followed him. You know, he throws a couple big hits. He gets in hard on the forecheck, and then it just, now all of a sudden the maroon. Now here comes Lucic. Now here comes Letestu. Slepisha. I mean, everybody. Dreisaitl absolutely hammered somebody behind the San Jose Sharks net as well tonight. So everybody just follows the leader, and tonight Cassian was the leader. Cassian, the first star of the game. Cam Talbot, first career playoff win and shutout. 16 saves. He's the second star. Connor McDavid, the other goal tonight. The third star, our fourth star of the game, is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I think a lot of Oilers to choose from, Rob. We can each pick a different guy. Uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He played 18:54. He had a poor first period in the face-off circle. He wound up going 9 out of 19. So he took tons of face-offs, and I thought he was uh, around the puck and in the right spot all evening. Well, I'm going to go with Cam Talbot with his first win and, and victory so on the shutout. he's the second and fourth star. He was second star tonight? Yes. I, well, see, I don't have my glasses on. I can't read. 
So he's the second and fourth. Can I do that? Yes, Am I you allowed can. to? You're allowed to do and that. The Oilers just win. You can do whatever you, you want. I just wanted to give you another chance in case no, you wanted to pick I'm, somebody else. Gosh darn it, I'm giving him the four star as well. <laughs> he needs the Bolson Cup star points and stuff. Yeah, well well, we don't pick those, buddy. <laughs> we we don't get get to give any of those. They, you know what? They should invite us to do that. We could be celebrity ones. Just like whenever we do the out of town games, you see Stars picked by Jim in the press box. We should do that. Yeah, it usually just says media. <laughs> At least it says Sportsnet on the games here at Edmonton. 780-496-0063. Oilers win 2-0. We'll start the phone calls tonight with Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Thank you for calling. Hey, guys. How's it going? We're doing great. Right on. Yeah, like, honestly, like, Rob, Rob, all the things you're saying about Cassie and, like, so true like the the first hit on dylan there he just exploded on him and just completely blew him up and then right uh, later in the game with couture and it's like you could almost see the sharks kind of like when you're in that situation and the players are just coming at you like that you just you panic right and and uh what else do i got here um uh yeah, you know, I noticed when the, the the PK is is playing so well, it's like it's almost like why why lessen what you're doing on five on five as far as being aggressive? Because yeah, you might take some penalties, but you're carrying the play, and even if you do get on the PK, you're confident that you're you're not gonna you're gonna continue to gain momentum. So it's kind of like a cycle for them tonight. Like they just continue to build on what what they were doing and yeah that's about all i got guys yeah i appreciate it jamie seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three i mean it was the oilers controlled the first period again as they did for the most part two nights ago and they start the second period shorthanded as they did two yep. nights ago and then that's when cassian got the shorthanded play and it's funny he told latestu put it in my corner well it was latestu that fired it wasn't a dump in obviously it was it was a breakaway pass but you know, just I, I thought there, Rob, a, a good indicate because Cassie had almost stripped it clean from Pavelski, didn't, and then I thought made a good read because mm-hmm. he knew Latestu was going to get to the puck first, and it and it just shows that you got to make the right decision at the right time. I mean, penalty killing is all about not allowing a goal, but you got to to use a, a shark uh, term here. You got to smell blood, and and Latestu and, and Cassian did there. Well, what it also shows is two guys that have played together a lot, so they know. I mean, Cassian knows. Okay, if I take off, I know he's getting to it, and he's going to find me. And it was a great pass by Latestu too. He got him in full stride, and Cassian was so far ahead that he was able to slow down and pick the spot he wanted to pick going in. In the game, game one, the Oilers, and we talked about it after the, the game, the Oilers fumbled the puck all over the place, made bad decisions with the puck, bounced over their sticks. Well, tonight it happened to San Jose, and it happens to, to good hockey players. And that play right there, Pavelski has complete control of the puck. They're on the power play with a chance to go go up in the game, go up one nothing, and Pavelski double clutches it, and now all of a sudden he's chasing, and there's a goal for the Edmonton Oilers shorthanded. When you're pressuring, and the Oilers pressured hard all night long uh, on their penalty kill, when you're pressuring, you make mistakes. When you're pressuring on the forecheck, the D make mistakes. And tonight's game was the exact polar opposite of what we saw in Game 1. In Game 1, the San Jose Sharks pressured, 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 and the Oilers made the silly mistakes. Tonight was the exact opposite. Uh, Brent Burns was taken out of the game tonight. He was, he was all-world on Wednesday in, in the Game 1 victory. He wasn't. They contained him tonight because they got in on him very, very quickly. So the Oilers, a lot of great things they did tonight. They got all bottle it up, put it in the suitcase, and take it with San Jose, take it to San Jose with them as they got to do it again uh, on Sunday night. And speaking of Brent Burns, let's hear for him from Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Brent, the power play. Is it? Are there things you guys could do differently, or are they doing something to kind of? I mean, score would be nice, but. Just got to work through it. I mean, frustrating, obviously. Uh, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, you just got to work, communicate, I think, uh, help each other. But, no, I mean, it's just, we, we got to get better. That's obviously the difference in the game. So, does it take a genius to figure that out? <laughs> Do you have to make adjustments on your power play because they have guys that can't take the puck the other way like McDavid, Castles? No, I mean, that's 
I mean, I think they're 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 getting those they're getting the pucks off. You know, maybe not supporting each other enough, or it's uh, just just can't happen. But it's hockey, so it does. So just help each other. Your goaltender played well today. Really played great. Yeah. He's been that way all season. Yeah, he has been. It's obviously you, got, you still got the split. You guys yeah. brought it up here. Um, you know, going back home to San Jose, what's, uh, you know, obviously besides the power play, but what do you guys talk about going into game three? We'll talk about it. Yeah. You guys feel good about going home now? Yeah. I mean, you, you split, that's what you want. Obviously, you know, we, we know we got better better games, and uh, yeah, I mean, we can go back and just got to play our game. Do you guys have to up the physical play to match them at all? No. I mean, it's big boy hockey, but, uh, you know, our guys are we're hanging in, we're sacrificing. I mean, that's what the playoffs is about. So, no, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take that. Great. Brett Burns. All right, Scott Johnson working the Sharks dressing room. A disappointed Brent Burns, his team beaten 2-0 tonight by the Edmonton Oilers. The shots, 36-16. So San Jose outshot the Oilers by 25 in game one. The Oilers come back and outshoot them by 20. And the Oilers had six shots while shorthanded. San Jose had five shots while on their six power plays. And, of course, the score was 2 nothing while San Jose yeah, was on the power play. San Jose's power play was awful. It was awful all game long. They didn't generate anything. I mean, at one point you would think they might just decline it and say, no, no, we'll just play five on five, let them come out of the box. If Joe Thornton plays in game three, their power play instantly gets better. He is that good a hockey player. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to be at 100%, but Joe Thornton at 80% or 70% or whatever it is can play the power play and, and create. The problem for the, or for the Sharks tonight, uh, a Logan Couture is moved up into Joe Thornton's spot, and he's just not as good at the half wall. He needs to be back in his spot down low. So uh, the San Jose Sharks uh, feel good about the fact that they split, but it's funny with when you split, you always seem to want to win the second one in the split, so you go home feeling good about yourselves. They get the split, but they're going home thinking, oh, what a disappointment tonight was because that was not the effort that we saw in game one. 2-0, the Oilers win it. That means Booster Juice is going to donate $50 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Track the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. 780-496-0063. I'm sure we have a very celebratory JP on the line next. I was trying to pick a good word there. Hi, JP. Go ahead. Reed, come on. You've been on the radio for a long time. You can come up with one word, uh, explosive or something like this. You know, <laughs> because right now I feel explosive. <laughs> I've been boozing all day. I apologize. I keep it short and sweet. But what a game. What a game, you guys. Reed, Rob, I am so impressed. I am so impressed with the way the other play tonight. The complete game. We need to cut back on the penalty. This is, we know this, we know this. We can't, we can't play with fire. We'll get burned. We know this, we'll get burned. But I'll tell you right now, what the, and someone was said, real or Rob, I don't know. Someone was talking about the news. What a game. This guy, couple sleep, couple sleep, but he was trying to go out and hit tonight. He was playing like he was swinging a big stick. I love everything he was doing tonight about the news. But I want to get down to brass tacks with me, me, man, gas. This guy tonight, gas. This guy, I'm talking about gas. This guy is <laughs> the definition, the definition of passion. This guy, <laughs> this guy came out tonight. I swear to God, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I guarantee he's saying in the dressing room, What's it going to do, brother? What's it going to do when I go and run wild on you, brother? I love you so much. A very passionate JP this evening celebrating an Oilers 2-0 win over the San Jose Sharks. Cassian with 
Pashian? Is that kind of what he was <laughs> communicating tonight? I think it's exactly what he said. I think you interpreted that very, very well. Other NHL action this evening on the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. The Blues are up two games to nothing on the Wild. They win 2-1 in Minnesota. Penguins up 2-zip on the Blue Jackets thanks to a 4-1 win. The Canadians tie it late in the third and then beat the Rangers 4-3 in overtime to even the series 1-1. The Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, lost 2-1 to Stockton. They have one more regular season game left. They will not make the playoffs, so guys will be available to call up, and the Blue Jays lose again 6-4 to the Baltimore Orioles. And important there, we should emphasize, according to Todd McClellan, Oscar Clefbaum told him he's okay. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens uh, as a result of that. Clefbaum blocked a burn shot on that same penalty kill where McDavid scored the shorthanded goal. He stayed on the bench for... Well, probably seven or eight minutes being looked at at the, uh, the end of the bench. Looked like the shot went off the left lower leg, left ankle. It was hard to tell exactly. Sometimes the coach lie. Coaches sure. lie at this time of year. But uh, hopefully he's back in the lineup. Uh, it, I guess none of us were going to really find out until Sunday night because they won't show anything at practice. They're not going to tell you anything, and they're not going to let you know what the doctors say. So we will be waiting patiently until Sunday night to see if he skates out for the pregame warm-up. Remember the Japanese Village goal light is activated on the Oilers page on 630ched.com whenever they score five or more in a game. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. 780-496-0063. We have Nathan on the phone. Hello, Nathan. Hello. How are you? Doing well. What's on your mind? Oh, um, well, I was uh, just going to compliment Mr. Torelli and uh, Mr. Uh, McClellan on, first of all, general managing and uh, coaching. Um, uh, when uh, they made the trade for Cassie, and I was like, what? Are you crazy? And then when they made the trade for Hall, I, uh, for Larson, and gave him a Paul, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's insane. <laughs> but obviously, somebody knew better than I did. And um, I really think that the, the difference between the two games was coaching. I think that McClellan um, got his ducks in a row, but the players uh, uh, refocused uh, because they they did fall off. And and uh, and yeah, with the uh, uh, their 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 play while shorthanded was just amazing. I was very impressed. Well, yeah, that's the big story. I, I mean, the Oilers. And McClellan said it. They do not want to continue taking penalties. They've taken six in back-to-back -back games. And, uh, I mean, tonight, the Lucic high stick, obvious call. The maroon cross check, obvious call. The maroon elbow what, what was an elbow, especially once you saw it on the replay. The nurse hold was an interesting one. But, okay, I'll just finish, and then I'll yeah. let you go. I, I, I just think there they're always going to give the advantage to the offensive player. That was a great play by Brent Burns because mm -hmm. I, I, he actually grabbed a hold of Darnell's arm and then tried going around him. And one of those, it, it's impossible to see for the referee. The ref that called it was across the ice in the corner. Uh, they're going to call it every time, but it probably was not a, uh, the right call. The, the Oilers got lucky though, right at the very end. Larson cross oh, Larson hurdle right across hurdle, the face. Yeah. Like, and drew blood. Hurdle had to leave because he was bleeding. So that would have been a four-minute penalty with uh, with the goalie pulled. So the Oilers got away with one at the end. Uh, yeah, the Oilers can't take silly penalties. Uh, the San Jose Sharks right now got to be kicking themselves because this was a, a chance for them to, to sweep in Edmonton. Their goaltender was outstanding. They were on the power play all night long. And instead of going home with two points, they go home with two shorthanded goals against. And I think staying out of the box will be the adjustment of the game for Game 3 on Sunday for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. But tonight, the PK worked out perfectly. Not only did they kill off all six, they scored both goals as the Oilers take down the Sharks 2-0. 780 We will welcome Greg to the show. Good evening, Greg. Hey guys, how's it going? Going very well. Man, the game Cassian played tonight was, oh, that was probably the best game I've ever seen him play. And you're probably gonna get a lot of calls and on him on that, but that that was a amazing game by him. And uh, but the other thing I wanted to ask you guys was, um, 
just just the secondary secondary scoring, which everybody's concerned about us doing, and the physical play. Um, the Oilers are 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 a totally different team right now, and and you know after game one, you know getting nine shots and you know whatever it was, but it 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 it's totally different now, and and I think the Oilers can. Um, uh, probably get out of the Western Conference if if they play their game. So I just want to know what you guys think about that. Oh, I, I think with it, I think Game Three is w- what I'm thinking about. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure that's what they're they're thinking about. The, the, but the way they played tonight is is a formula to I, I think Rob to always give yourselves a, a, a shot. I mean, it was still it was still a one nothing. Yep. It was still tied or a one goal game for most of the night, even though the Oilers were dominating. But we saw that, you know, we had with Nathan, the previous caller, praising Shirelli. Well, it's a more well-balanced team that can play any type of game. And, and tonight, the, and, and you know what, Rob, we, we got so often, the, 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 you know, we did together the final three years of the playoff drought. You unfortunately did all 10 as a broadcaster. <laughs> but, but, you know, we'd have people calling in about pushback, pushback, pushback. And I always said, well, that's great, but push first. Yes. That's, and the Oilers have guys that can push first and you know if they, if they do that tonight and they and then plus they have some skilled players who were engaged i don't know if they're gonna win the western conference or, or whatever but they'll have a they'll be in every game well and what you see in, in the national hockey playoffs is every game is close i mean to, two nights ago the one team out shoots the other San Jose shoots Edmonton by 25 shots, and it's an overtime win. Tonight, it's a one nothing game almost the entire game, and the Oilers were dominating. We watched the Minnesota Wild lose the other day in overtime when they, they outshot them 55-20. to 20. The, Their goals are hard to find when it comes to playoff time. We've seen two games in this series. Each team has dominated in the game. It's going to be a roller coaster for however long that the Oilers play in the playoffs, whether it's fourth, three more games or if they go all the way to the Stanley Cup finals it's going to be a roller coaster they need good goaltending they've got it back-to-back games they need good specialty teams their penalty killing has been excellent and then tonight their power play did not score but they look dangerous and they need health well we'll see what happens with Oscar Clefbaum but health is so important right now ask the San Jose Sharks who are missing Joe Thornton the others have got things going for them right now, but I can tell you this from experience. I can tell you this from listening to Todd McCullen and knowing that dressing room. There will be no focus by that team about anything else that's going on in the National Hockey League, about the Western Conference, about Stanley Cup Finals. Their only focus will be on Game 3, and that is the only way that you can go anywhere in the playoffs by looking at what's right in front of you, not looking at what's in the future. Phil and Vince are going to be our next callers, and you will also hear from the first star tonight, Zach Cassian. Oilers win it 2-0. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Pavelski, backhander and a save made by Talbot. On Pavelski, who has 40 career playoff goals. But he's on a cold spell right now. Cam Talbot, a 16-save shutout. That was his save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. 2-0, the Oilers win it. Talbot, the second star. Zach Cassian, the first star. Here he is for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Good all in all, we did that. I think we ran into a little bit of more penalty trouble. It's the last game that was, we didn't want to do, but all in all, uh, the effort was there tonight from everyone. Just talk about your game tonight. Flying out there, the casting cheers from the crowd. Yeah, it was one of those things. The puck seemed to follow me tonight. Um, line mates played well as a line. I think uh, we brought a lot of energy. And uh, if we're going to win this series, we're going to need all the lines going, different guys stepping up every night. Two good hits, too. Yeah, those are always fun to get. It gets, uh, gets you in the game, gets your team in the game. Um, I think that's uh, the big part of, of my game, especially in the playoffs. Your shorthanded goal, I mean, that's your first career playoff goal, and for that to be a shorthanded one as well. Yeah, I was just trying to stay on side. That's all I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, it was a good heads-up play by test, and uh, um, saw the whole shot, went in. Uh, it was a big goal for us. You guys have lots of goals this year, like four goals this year that went in and didn't count as goals. Uh, is this maybe 
some payback for all of those. Well, you'd like to think so. I think all in all, uh, goals get called back, things happen. Um, just tried to stay positive. Uh, as long as the team was winning, it's all good. But uh, I li really like their team effort tonight. Um, that's a good team over there. Uh, moving forward, we're going to have to play that way if we want to win. How badly do you guys just need a win, even though it's game two? But... Yeah, every game's magn magnified, I think. Um, we knew we could be better game two. Um, and I think we came out of the gates uh, firing. Uh, we were physical, uh, making plays when we, when we were there. And um, I think we, we, we threw more pucks at the net, which uh, we got more second opportunities, and uh, we were able to hem them in a few times. Read that side, Cassian. Brendan Ulrich work in the Oilers' room tonight. They win 2-0 over San Jose. Cassian, a shorthanded goal. McDavid, a shorthanded goal. The Oilers killed off six penalties and scored twice on their own PK. The shots 36-16 in favor of Edmonton. The best of seven is tied 1-1. Good morning. Hope the weekend has started off well for you. I'm sure it has if you're an Oilers fan. 780-496-0063. We have Phil on the line. Phil, thank you so much for calling. Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, Reed, Rob, you guys do an awesome job. Keep it up, eh? Thank you very uh, much. Yeah, a quick story for you. Back in 06 on the run, my wife was pregnant with my son, and he was actually born the morning of Game 6 in the final, June 17th. So they won the game that night, and then they, they lost Game 7, unfortunately. And tonight was the first time that he, uh, well, it's the second playoff game that he watched with me. We watched Game 1 together, and tonight he was just seeing how pumped he was and how excited he was for the game. And that one hit that Cassian had where he looped around their net and he, he called it, he, he said that he did like a Superman on uh, Couture when he mm. laid him out. And he was, he was so pumped. I had to rewind it like three or four times so he could watch it again. And it was just, uh, uh, it was just a fantastic game. And it was, it was so awesome just to see my son so, so energetic and enthusiastic about how they played and, and how it went. Well, yeah, it's it's neat whenever you get a chance to share your team and you, you and your son have the same team and you get to watch it and enjoy it. And tonight was one of those games that if you're an Oilers fan, it was a, a fun night. And I'm sure everyone's going to be talking tomorrow and if it's all going to be Cassie and this, Cassie and that, and deservedly yeah. so. He was fantastic. Well, and I teased him for a while that it was his fault that they haven't been in the playoffs since he was born. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the kid's going to need a good shrink when he's in his mid-20s. Yeah. No, but now, but now the curse has been lifted because they're in and they won a game. So, you know, <laughs> let's just keep it moving forward. Eh? Thanks for calling. We appreciate it, Phil. 780-496-0063. We have Vince on the line who's going to finish the play in a minute. Vince, first of all, I want to let you know you've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. But before we get to the contest, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. Uh, good job. Uh, same to Jack and Bob. I think they've made good stampede wrestling announcers. But anyways, oh, uh, number one, I think it's time McClellan shouldn't have to, you know, always talk about Cassian's past. I mean, he's a good player. He's paid his dues. He's hard, worked hard. And second, do you guys think Michael Haley could make an impact if he plays game three on Sunday? Um, yes, I, I think he, he could. I, I, if I'm the San Jose Sharks, I put him in because there was no pushback tonight from the Sharks, none. And they, they were a skilled team, uh, a good team. But when you're a skilled player, you always would like to have someone riding shotgun that can, you know, stop the, stop the, the onslaught of physicality which the Oilers brought tonight. I mean, anyone on the Oilers tonight could go out and run anyone on the Sharks because there was no pushback. Haley is uh, he, he's a player that is serviceable. He's not a detriment when he's on the ice. He is very physical. He's got no fear. And I, I honestly think he will be in the lineup for the San Jose Sharks. I don't think it changes anything that the Oilers do. But if I'm San Jose, I think he has to play for them. All right, Vince, time to finish the play. If you're right here, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Sharks able to collect. Dry subtle stole it away. He's got McDavid on his right. He feeds it. McDavid to the net. Wrist shot. All right, wrist shot by Connor McDavid off a pass from Dry Settle. Goal or no goal? I'm going to say goal. No, no, don't. Don't say goal. Don't say goal. No goal, sorry. No goal. 
Sharks able to collect. Dry Settle stole it away. He's got McDavid on his right. He feeds it. McDavid to the net. Wrist shot save made by Martin Jones. Bobby's made a couple of big stops. Yep. Martin Jones was good tonight. Vince, you're good on finish the play. Big assist to Rob Brown. <laughs> McDavid did score, but it was from Nurse and Talbot. Shorthanded in the third period. Cassian from Letestu, the other goal this evening. All right, if you're on hold, we are getting to you. Let's go downstairs for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's San Jose coach Peter DeBoer. Pete, how do you guys think you've dealt with their physicality throughout this two games here so far? Well, you know, it's a playoffs. It's physical stuff. I thought the refs did a good job. They called it. You know, we have to make them pay for taking liberties, and we didn't tonight. And that's got to that's got to get fixed going forward. But you know, I like our chances if they're going to take six, seven penalties a night. P Peter, what do you make of your power play tonight? What wasn't going well where you couldn't take advantage of those penalties? Well, I think our power play mimicked our five-on-five -five game. You know, we. Uh, you know, we didn't outwork their penalty kill, and, you know, I think that was the same five-on-five. Five. They were the better team tonight. We were the better team the other night. This is uh, settle in, you know. This isn't going to be a short series. Just about more of the five-on-five five play, uh, I mean, the order players said they felt like they barely had the puck the other night. Maybe not quite the same tonight. What was different from a five-on-five five standpoint where they were, they were... Well, they were better and we were, we were poorer. You know, I, I mean... You can't create desperation of, you know, losing the first two games at home. You, you, you know, that's a, that's a desperation level that's hard to, to, to uh, create. And I, I still thought, you know, going into the third period, it was only one nothing. I, th I thought from a road perspective, we still, uh, you know, even though I, I felt we were outplayed, I, I still felt we had a chance to win the game. And, uh, you know, th those are games that when you go on long playoff runs you find a way with a power play goal or, or someone steps up and makes a play and didn't happen tonight we've got to we've got to uh, regroup and get ready for the next game but you know, we came here got a split and uh, get ready for game three your goaltender was very good today i guess just uh, just a thought on, on his play and how he kept you guys in the game. yeah he was excellent gave us a chance like i said it's one nothing game going into the third probably Shouldn't have been, but it was, and that was a credit to him, a lot like their guy in game one did for them. As Peter DeBoer, head coach of the San Jose Sharks, yeah, the goaltender Martin Jones for the uh, San Jose, excellent tonight, 34 saves, but the Oilers beat him twice, shorthanded, five-hole up. I tell you, best shot in hockey, you just have to hit it. It's a very small area for you to hit, but if you can hit it, it's tough for the goalies to save. And... You know, we, even though McDavid led the Oilers in shots on goal in the regular season, we always had calls and texts about wanting him to shoot more. And he, he has to just create so many problems for a goalie because he's coming down that left wing. Is he going to cut in? Mm -hmm. If he cuts in, which to, to which hand is he going to deke? Is he going to find a passing lane that as a goaltender maybe you think isn't there, but he might find? Or... And, and he might continue to add that mid-range repertoire more and more, or, or shot to his repertoire more and more. Is he going to whip a shot like that well, from medium range? And, and then you add the fact that he's coming at Mach 1. He's right. coming so fast. And a goaltender, usually when they see a, a player coming, they get out real high, and then they back up as the player comes in. Well, when someone as fast as Connor McDavid's coming, they're backing up quicker. And a snapshot, if you've got a good snapshot, it catches goalies off guard. Because it's on, it looks like he's just holding, holding, snap, it's gone. And they're not set for it. And that's how you can catch a goal, especially five-hole, with a quick snapshot through, through, through legs of the defender. Uh, and that one he just surprised, I think, Jones. So I hope going forward that Connor McDavid realizes, oh, Jesus, I don't have to, A, go around the defenseman to get my scoring chance. I don't have to wait for someone coming in to find him with a with a with a nice pass to set him up. I'm capable of doing this on my own. And it just will be more uh, in his repertoire, more uh, things for both the goalie and the defender to think about when Connor McDavid adds that into his game. And we don't see it often, we don't see it enough, but when you have success doing something, next time he comes down it's going to be in the back of his mind, whoa. Actually, last time I came down on this guy, I snapped one from right about here, and it went in. Let's try it again. 2-0, the Oilers win it. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Norm to overtime open line on 630. Chad, hi, Norm. 
Yeah, hi. Jeez, I, it's been a while. I've been on hold, so I'm just kind of trying to recapture this. But uh, I love that comment by McClellan on Cloth Bomb. Uh, when asked about the injury, uh, that was really nice. Uh, do you guys know if the Sharks actually owe Cassian money of any kind? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, was, that was just filthy. Like, he controlled them. I, I thought he actually controlled the game. Uh, and then whatever came along behind him with, from his uh, uh, co-workers there, like, just incredible performance by Cassian that I think elevated the whole team. And the only other thing I wanted to know was, like, or what your opinions were, um, when we get sort of into this playoff stage here because they say like it you know it just jumps to another level and i can kind of see that happening like i don't even i can't even follow it sometimes like it's just crazy what's going on out there and where is like is this like a whole new strategy like a whole new thing you have to relate to because is that where the playoff experience really comes in? Because the the Oilers don't have it. We know that. But they did an awesome job tonight. But it, it seems like the game has changed from what we've watched all year. Well, it, it, it certainly has. The the passion in the playoffs, the intensity, the emotion are all ramped up so much higher. What you saw tonight, the way the Oilers played, you can't do that for, for 82 games. Zach Cassian can't play that way for 82 games because he physically his body would fall apart. And that's why the playoffs are, are such a, a war of attrition is you, you go so hard and you just lay it out every single night. You just, if it was to go more than the 28 that you could possibly play, you would have half a team left because you do whatever it takes. You know what, i got to dive head first in front of this because if it goes in, it might the series could be over. So everyone's willingness to do whatever it takes is just ramped up to a new level. And that's why of all the sports out there, the NHL hockey playoffs are just the most exciting to watch because the difference from the regular season to the playoffs is so much higher than any other sport. Uh, it's just raw emotion. And we saw it on, in full force tonight as the Edmonton Oilers took their game to a place that I'm not even sure at any time this season that they thought they could get to. And they did, and the San Jose Sharks could not keep up. Oilers even the series at one with a 2 nothing victory. We're getting to everybody who is on hold. You'll also hear from the man who got the shutout this evening, Cam Talbot. 2 nothing your final Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. This is Radio Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. I mean, San Jose's one oh huge hit by Cassie. He absolutely belted Logan Coacher. You want to see a photo of that hit, go to 630shed.com. It accompanies the story. <laughs> and it, it's a great photo by Andy Devlin, who uh, works for the Oilers and files stuff for Giddy Images. Actually, Andy's daughter, Jet, is in our hockey academy. I see Andy and well, I see Jet all the time. Great kid, great little hockey player. But that is, that picture is funny. <laughs> that, I mean, it looks like he's taking the head off of Couture. He doesn't have a head in the picture. Cassie in the spark plug tonight. He scores shorthanded. McDavid also scored a shorty. Oilers win it 2-0. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We'll get to Cam Talbot in a second, but first to the phone line, and here's Jesse. Jesse, thank you for calling. Hey, guys. How's it going? Just want to say I love listening to you guys when I drive back to Red here after the Oilers game. Makes the drive a lot better. Uh, I'd just like to give a little bit of credit to someone on the Oilers who didn't get uh, on the score sheet tonight. I think uh, Huge was awesome in the face-off dot for us. You know, huge puck possession game, win those draws is a big thing. Also, I want to just comment on uh, dressing uh, Benning tonight instead of Gribe. I think that was a really smart move. I think Benning's a little bit quicker, a little lighter on his feet. I think that was a big difference. He, I think him and Nurse play a little bit better together. Well, I thought Benning definitely contributed. He seemed confident. He didn't look like a playoff rookie. Jesse, I don't know if you were listening earlier. We'll leave you on the line here. 
Nugent Hopkins was one for seven in the faceoff circle in the first period. He finished nine for 19, so he went eight for 12 over the final two periods. And yeah, I th- I thought he played a good, a good game. He, and he had that chance there in the third period where he he spun to the net mm-hmm. and then actually got his own rebound. And then that's when Dylan took the interference penalty on Everly. But that it was hard to see live. Because I think there was kind of a couple players in front of the net, but that replay from behind the net and Jesse, I don't know if you noticed it. Nugent Hopkins almost scored on that rebound. Yeah, I, my seats are right in that end where the other shoot, shoot twice, so we seen her close. My last question I want to ask you guys is: uh, you guys like the uh, move uh, moving Deharnay back to the fourth line there? I, I do. I, I think that uh, if you're comparing Deharnay and Latest and what they've done in, in the last little while, I don't think it's even close. I think Dayarnay came in, he played well to start with with the Oilers, and then he's tailed off a bit. I think Mark Letestu has been solid all season long, and with the what you get with Mark Letestu outside of his, you know, the specialty teams, when he's playing five on five, he's uh, a coach or a, a player that the coaches love, that, that they can trust. He can put him out there and feel safe. That you know what, if the third line gets stuck out there against the Pavelski line, I got Letestu on my own, and I feel comfortable with that. I think with Dayarnay, uh, there are some deficiencies in his defensive game, and if you can't just spot him where you want him, if he's playing you know, third-line minutes and gets caught out against the Sharks' better line, which happened in overtime in, in game one, and they were scored against, I think that the coaching staff, Todd McCullen, is saying, you know what, we have more trust right now defensively in Mark Letestu, and, and deservedly so. Mark's had a very good season. Oilers win it 2 nothing. Cam Talbot gets the shutout. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's the Oilers goaltender. A little bit about Zach Cassian tonight, just his impact physically, scoring the game-winning goal, and what a night it was for him. Yeah, he was all over the place tonight. He he led the way in pretty much every category, and it's nice to see a guy like him step up like that and, and really have a hell of a game. A little bit about your night. It's not often a goaltender gets a shutout and gets somewhat overshadowed, but uh, which yeah. I know is okay with you, but a little bit about uh, the way you played and shutting out the Sharks. Yeah, like you said, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, whole lot of work tonight. I thought I came up with some some big saves at timely points when I needed them, but for the most part, the guys in front of me locked it down. We did a great job in our own zone, great job reloading on the back check, not giving them opportunities off the rush. And uh, like you said, uh, it's nice to be overshadowed by Cass tonight because we had a hell of a game. Looking at the series now, how it, how it changes. You know, one Yeah, now we know that once we get that lead, we can lock it down and, and we know what it takes to play that way. I think uh, the other night we, we let the game get away from us a little bit. We didn't, weren't doing the little things that make the difference. And tonight we did all those little things, and we're going to need that going into a tough building and try to get home ice back. What are you thinking as a goaltender when uh, you're forced to kill so many penalties and just the job that the PK did and yourself uh, killing all those off? Yeah, again, I didn't have a whole lot to do. I think it was mostly shots from the outside. And I mean, Rusty, Reggie, Clef, uh, Lars, those guys were blocking everything in front. I didn't have much to do. So uh, I was just trying to make the saves that were that were presented. And they did a great job of clearing everything out. So you can't say enough uh, enough of good things about the penalty kill tonight. They did a heck of a job. And that's what won, won us the game, I think, especially with two shorthanded goals. You guys get the Read that's now. Cam Talbot. Red and Ulrich, work of the Oilers dressing room. That was Cam Talbot. From one Cam to another, one of our regular callers, Cam, is on the line tonight. Hey, it's good to hear from you. What's on your mind? How's it going, boys? Doing great. Well, I didn't panic after the first game, and I, I actually have myself kind of resigned to the fact, like, like, let's just get back and get to game five. Just make that as a tangible goal. So that's become a possibility. So that was a good one. That was within reach, and we got there. I thought we attacked the middle of the ice very well tonight. I thought Nugent Hopkins was unbelievable. I think Eberle's getting better, too. Um, I think the lid came off those guys. You know, there's been a lid on those guys for a lot of years, and, you know, you're only going to jump as high as the lid when you bang your head on it continually, and I think they just, I think their patterning is changing. I think they're just becoming different different athletes and players. So, you know, good for them. I've been critical of them, but good for them. Um, I thought San Jose, like, like looks really beaten down. On D, I think they look like they're they're worn out. And then the other thing too is the point that we didn't make the other night. But when your bottom four elevates like the way theirs did in comparison to ours the other night, that's an anomaly. So for that to happen again is is going to be you know more than once. Anyways, it's probably going to be a tough one. And then the general elevation 
um, for this team to elevate the way it has and not change the patterns and not change the way it plays is phenomenal to me. But I thought, and, and Rob, well, you both can, but Rob, I'll, I'll leave you with a question. I thought they got out of their comfort zone tonight a little bit with doing some really stupid things. I'm going to call it stupid. And I know the refs weren't necessarily, you know, for us the first two games, but there's a couple penalties there that were just, you know, just not mature penalties. So I guess my question is, with the running around that took place and all the physical play, because there was some real big hits out there, does a guy like Doug Wilson, I'll leave you with this, does a guy like Doug Wilson get on the phone and campaign the NHL? Is that going to happen? And the second part is, with the physical dominance that was shown, is there any propensity for a guy like, you know, in, in the NHL or that office, to find a way to rein that back in and make sure it doesn't happen again next game. I'm not saying I endorse that or want that. I'm just wondering, is there any political stuff that could potentially happen because it was an embarrassment how bad they beat that team up tonight? So I'll leave you with that question, Rob, and also uh, appreciate everything, guys, and, and look forward to the next game. Thanks, Cam. See you. Well, Doug Wilson can go to the league on two things. He can go to the league uh, on the first hit that Cassian threw against Dylan. Uh, Cassian did leave his feet, and it looked like the point of contact was Dylan's head. Uh, and it, So I, I don't know if anything will come of it, but he'll point that out, say, okay, look, this crossed the line. And then also late in the game, Larson cross-checked Hurdle right across the face, right in front of the referee, drew blood, and, and there was no call there. So I don't think the the San Jose Sharks are going to are gonna whine or cry, but I'm sure that Doug Wilson will say, okay, you know what? There, there was some lines crossed on a couple of these. I don't think anyone in the NHL office is going to say, "Hey, we've got to do something because San Jose is getting run out of the ga- out of the, the the rink," because that's part of playoff hockey. You can turn to any channel and watch any of the other games, and there's the physicality is huge. The San Jose Sharks just are not a very physical team. They they aren't. When when you look up and down their lineup, there wasn't a lot of pushback. I would expect that Haley will be in the lineup. Uh, next game for the San Jose Sharks, and he is—he is tough, he is physical, and he's a guy that stands up for his teammates. But the biggest thing, if you want the other team to stop running around, score power play goals. And the referees made the right calls tonight. The San Jose Sharks had six power plays; they could have won this game with their power play. Instead, their power play was horrible and gave up two shorties against. The Detroit Red Wings were never a tough team for years and years and years, but they won because when you ran them, instead of fighting you, they would score on the power play. And San Jose, if that's what, if they can do that, they will stop the running around of the Edmonton Oilers. If they don't, the Oilers will just keep on doing it. Just checking some stuff here on Twitter from uh, a few people who, uh, who cover the San Jose Sharks regularly. Uh, Dylan said he, he didn't have a problem with the hit. Uh... Darren Dreger from TSN, who's in town covering the series, says, I'm led to believe the hit on Dylan is viewed as clean. That that would be the only one. I mean, the hit on Couture, it looked like he ran. He, obl- he obliterated him. Like, well, but there was, I mean, he, 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 you're allowed used, to hit a guy hard. Well, we used to say hit through him. Don't just go up and hit him. Hit through him. And on that one, Cassian, hit through Couture. Uh, it, it was actually, I think, I don't think it hurt Couture as much as it looked. Because if you, when you watch the picture, Couture went kind of underneath yeah, Cassian. Right away, yeah. But it, it, it was comical. And the thing, and I, I'm not sure who was the one, it was Bob or Jack that talked about it, that the physical play and the physicality of the Oilers is amplified on home ice. Because every big hit, or actually any hit, the okay. place goes nuts. And then the adrenaline goes in the players, and you keep going out there. You go to San Jose, and you throw a big hit, and it's just, there's nothing. So you don't get the, the adrenaline rush out of throwing a big hit. You've got to create your own adrenaline, create your own emotion, your own intensity, and that's what good teams do, that they just continue playing the exact same way on the road, even without the fan support pushing behind. And the Larson cross-check would not be suspendable. It should have oh, no. been, well, no, been, been a penalty. It should have been a penalty, penalty and I don't think it, it I don't, obviously would not be suspendable. No, I don't think anything that happened tonight is suspendable. But you've got Doug Wilson who's able to say, 
publicly are able to say to the NHL, and then the whispers will be put in the referees' ears. And and anything that happens right now in the National Hockey League, whoever's refing the next game, watch this game. Oh, absolutely. So they know exactly what happened tonight, and they know how to keep a lid on it. Once again, I thought the refs were fine. They did a good job, and uh, they called the calls that had to be made, and the San Jose Sharks just didn't capitalize on them. Cassian dominant. He scores the winning goal shorthanded. McDavid also scores shorthanded. The Oilers win it 2-0. The series is tied 1-1. We'll go back to the phones, and you'll hear this from the Oilers. This is Overtime when Open we Line. Return, Brought to you by the Canadian, Canadian Brewers. Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. For Edmonton on the fourth line. Oh, a huge hit by Matt Benning, but the Sharks will bust out. A lot of hitting by the Oilers tonight on the stat sheet. 41 hits for the Oilers, 21 for San Jose. And the Oilers also win the game 2-0 on goals by Cassian and McDavid. Thanks for staying up with us. It's 12.39 in the a.m. along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. A lot of praise for the, the, the Nuge tonight on the phone lines. He, he was good. And if you want to win in the playoffs, you can't just win on the back of one line. You need... Uh, up and down your your lineup depth, uh, you know he's he, a lot of the time he was going against the, the the best players of the San Jose Sharks. He was against Kachur and Pavelski, and obviously kept them off the score sheet. So so he was good. He he seemed more assertive tonight. And when Nugent Hopkins or any offensive player is assertive, good things happen. And tonight a lot of good things happen when RNH was on the ice. You can get us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We will welcome Fred to the program. Hello, Fred. Hey, boys, how are you tonight? Doing very well, thanks. Rock and roll, I tell you. Zach Cass, you know what this reminds me of, how we played tonight? It was like Rafi Torres back in 06 when he leveled McCulloch there. I can't remember what game exactly, but uh, could this change a series, a few of those hits, or not? Um, I don't know. I mean, after game one, everyone's wondering if the others are going to win a game in the series because they got outplayed so badly, and then tonight they come out and they throw the opposite at San Jose. I think... The physical play of the Oilers will pay dividends as the series goes on. It, it just, I mean, at the end of the game, you're, you you go into the San Jose Sharks dressing room, and they got to be ice bags everywhere as guys are just physically beat up. So if the more you do it, the more the, the team starts to, to wear down that you're playing against. So, yeah, I think the Oilers got to stay physical, and it will certainly help as the, season, as the series goes on, but they've got to do it smart. They can't take six penalties a night because it's not going to work out in their favor every night. Yeah, you're right. So sorry, Fred. Go ahead. Oh, completely agree. But uh, you know what? Uh, this team, wow, they show me so much tonight. Uh, I know it'd be. De- and Rob, you're talking about the first game, but I think the first game was all nerves. To be honest with you, they uh, none of them have really been in a playoff game, and they shook the nerves off. And what a totally different game. Now, what's uh, the status with Clefbaum? That has me concerned. Well, Coach McClellan said during his postgame comments that he saw Clefbaum after the game, and Clefbaum said he's okay. Oh, that was the extent of it. There's not a big relief. And you know what? You know who's one of the biggest Oiler fans? Uh, he's the manager of the greatest heavy metal band in the world, Rod Smallward from uh, my buddy's Iron Maiden. Oh, excellent. Huge. Huge Oiler fan. He used to live here with his family. And uh, I know he's cheering somewhere in England right now. But you know what? Keep this up Sunday night. Let's come back here with the... Uh, I think this is going to go six now, to be honest with you. That's just my prediction. Even with Jumbo Joe in there, uh, how effective is he going to be with a banged-up knee? I just can't see him being much of a factor. But uh, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster, as they say, in hockey, right? Absolutely, Fred. It's going to be fun watching these games for sure. Thanks a lot for calling. I mean, he, he talked about the penalties, and, you know, Rob, I mean, you got to be aggressive. And, you know, sometimes aggression leads to penalties. But, mm-hmm. you know, and now they scored two shorthanded goals, so it all worked out tonight, obviously. But Patrick Maroon, two cross-checks after a whistle. I mean, that's – and I know the crowd is into it here, and, and, and you made a great point before the game where you said, watch a game where you don't care who wins, and you'll usually think the refing is okay. Uh, you know, every Oilers penalty is going to get booed in the playoffs, yeah. no matter what. But I mean, Maroon two cross checks after a whistle. You can't do it's that. It's going to be called all the time. Well, and they, they, San Jose Sharks. I mean, just missed scoring at the end of that period on that power play. That changes the entire game. Maroon with with the elbow. I I, I wasn't sure at first on the replay. 
but it was. It's an elbow. It was. Uh, the nurse holding one. We talked about That's, that. It, you know, probably I, probably wasn't a, a, a hold. It probably shouldn't have been called, but they are going to call it. It was a smart play by Burns, making it look like a, a hold. And, and they'll always. It, 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 I think if it looks like they're tying each other up, they'll give the offensive yep. player the advantage. Yep. The Larson high stick. The not. I mean, he got his yeah, way with yeah. the cross check. I mean, it was a high stick. He wasn't trying to do it, nope. so that was a penalty. And then the Lucic high stick. I mean, he swung his stick almost the way Cassian injured Gagne, Gagne. a few years ago. It wasn't quite as violent, as violent, or as I think that was a little intentional when Cassian did I that a few it, years yeah. ago. And I mean, even the Cassian uh, roughing the the first minor of the game. Again, it was a punch after Lewis. I I thought they were tied up, and maybe they would both go off. You thought it should have been just on Cassian. So. But, I mean, we're looking at, at three out of the six penalties probably preventable if you just remember, okay, we got to go to the line but not over it. Well, yeah, you do. I, I mean, five on five, the Oilers are a good team, and they get to roll all their players. But if you're in the penalty box the whole night, bad things can happen. Now, the San Jose Sharks power play has been horrible uh, thus far in the series, but they won game one, and they got back into game one on a power play. Uh, you know, Ward scored a power play goal. So you just can't take dumb penalties. It's eventually going to cost you. And if Joe Thornton gets back in the lineup, and I don't know if he's, he's certainly not going to be 100% when he's back in the lineup, but he's going to be good enough to control the play on a power play. So if you give them six more power plays and you got Joe Thornton setting the table, you know, you're, gonna, you're, you're just setting yourself up for trouble. So uh, the Oilers have got to get smarter, and that's something that Todd McClellan has talked about after both of the games one and two. Oilers win it 2 nothing. Cassian and McDavid both shorthanded, and for both men, their first career playoff goals. Let's go downstairs. Here's the Oilers captain. No, you know, we're happy following That seemed to be a lot closer to the quality of game you guys were playing late in the season. Would you agree I, th- I think so, yeah. Um, you know, playing solid defensively, coming back hard. Um, you know, not cheating for offense. I think uh, we might have got away from that, uh, you know, in the first game, and you know, we found it here in the second. It seemed in here today everyone seemed confident and relaxed and then just showed it out there. And just being able to follow through with that after, you know, this one game one being able to be you know, we, we found our game, um, you know, and, you know, in between games, it's it's hard. You do a lot of talking uh, after the game, you know, the next day, morning skate. You do, you do a bunch of talking, answering a lot of the same questions. So, um, it was fun just to, to go out there and, and play and um, don't have to, to talk anymore. Thanks. Just jumped in a little late here, Connor. Just your thoughts on the PK and also uh, Zach Hassing. Yeah, Zach was great. Um, you know, he was a physical force, uh, scored a big goal for our group. Um, you know, it was his show tonight, and we were happy following him. What were you seeing on your goal there, shorthanded? I uh, just got the puck uh, in my own zone. I uh, was lucky enough to be able to turn that corner and, um, you know, kind of had a uh, little bit of space. Um, you know, Vlasic's a good D-man, and you know, he's not going to give up the outside too easy, so I was just trying to get it on net. You talk about Vlasic. He's one of the best guys as far as gap control amongst defenders who play. His gap always seems to be pretty good. Yeah, he's good. Uh, you know, he's he's a great skater. Um, you know, he jumps in the rush and, and he's solid defensively as well. So he's a good defenseman. I just get a sense that you've sort of settled in and it's just hockey and you guys are back to being that 123 team that you were in the regular season. I think so, yeah. I think you know, that first game, there might have been a little bit of nerves there. Um, you know, I definitely felt a little bit nervous heading in. Um, you know, I think uh, everyone just felt calm uh, and ready to go. Um, yeah, so I think uh, yeah, we got back to our style of game that we want to play. You look like a handful when everybody's going on this team. You're a hard team to play against. You got Cass and Maru and those guys. Going. Yeah, we're deep. We're, we're, we're a lot more than, than a one-line team. Uh, you know, we're, we're deep up and down the lineup, up and down the blue line. Um, and our goaltender speaks for himself uh, with the kind of year he's had. So um, when, when we're rolling, uh, you know, we're good as teams. Do you think there's a speed? Reed, that's Connor McDavid. Thanks, Brendan. So going back to the regular season, Connor McDavid has a 16-game point streak. That's pretty good. Had an assist in game one, gets a goal tonight. That was the insurance marker in the third period. Oilers win it 2-0. We'll run down the other NHL action when we get back. The Oilers and Sharks series now tied 1-1. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Back off for Weber. Down low. Petsch shoots it. And they score. Randall! Randall! And the Canadians win in overtime. And a big win for the Habs.
Cubs on the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. Placanitz tied it at 19.42 of the third. Radulov wins it at 18.34 of overtime. Rob, 4-3 Montreal takes it to even the series at 1. Well, it was a game that they needed, and it did not look good very for very very long there with the, the New York Rangers. looked like they were going home with a 2-0 lead. But the Montreal Canadiens scored late. Then they score in overtime, and all of a sudden... Uh, the series changes. In a matter of two or three minutes, the series changes in Montreal, and they are now back in it. St. Louis Blues up 2-0. Another road win in Minnesota. 2-1 the final tonight. First game they won in overtime. This one, Jaden Schwartz wins at 17-33 of the third. I, this game was much better for, for the St. Louis Blues. They won the first game, but they were badly outclassed. And the problem is when you out play a team as badly as Minnesota outplayed St. Louis in game one and you don't come away with a victory, well, you're setting yourself up for failure because eventually that team's going to get better and St. Louis did tonight. Minnesota, who were the darlings of the National Hockey League all season long, went into a funk late in the season. It seems like it's carried on into the playoffs. Pittsburgh up two games to nothing on the Blue Jackets, a 4-1 win for the Penguins on Friday night, and of course, your Edmonton Oilers shutting out the San Jose Sharks 2-0. Cassian in the second period, shorthanded. McDavid in the third period, shorthanded. Not a team record. <laughs> I know, go that, back that's and kind look. of funny. <laughs> the Oilers had three shorthanded goals in a playoff victory over the Calgary Flames on April 17th, 1983. They won the game 10-2, and on now three other occasions counting tonight, the Oilers have scored uh, two shorthanded goals in a game. Well, it not I, I, I bet in the history of the National Hockey League, there's not a lot of games that were two nothing victories where both goals were scored shorthanded. The the San Jose Sharks are going to look in the mirror and say, you know what, we messed up. We messed up big time tonight. It was a game that was there for the taking simply because their goaltender was outstanding, and the Oilers took some silly penalties. But the Oilers' penalty killing, I guess, it, it, I'm going to change my four stars. at too late now? You can change it now, buddy. Okay, I'm going to take my Cam, <laughs> Cam Talbot four-star away because he already had second. And I give in my four-star to the Edmonton Oilers' penalty killers. There you go. So, enjoy the playoff action coming up later today. We're now into Saturday. Your next Oilers broadcast on 6.30, Ched. Sunday night, we'll have the face-off show at 6. Game 3 will start at 8. Oilers and Sharks, the series now tied 1-1. Rob, have a great weekend. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Our studio producer back at 6.30, Chet. Doing all the hard work is Kellen Kennedy. More on this game on 630Chet.com. Overtime Open Line presented by the Canadian Brew House. My name is Reed Wilkins saying good night from Rogers Place. Oilers take it two zip over the Sharks. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.